some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Never before in the history of sports podcasts have two men brought you opinion and analysis like these two. They speak for a city that's desperate for wins and titles, not whining and travesty. You might not agree with what they have to say, but you'll defend their right to say it. Sports fans across the world, from Chicago, Illinois, this is The Mac and Reed Show. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Mac and Reed Show right here on the Barroom Network. And, of course, we're streaming live on YouTube right now on the Barroom Network channel. Check out Barroom Network for all your Bears coverage throughout the season, NFL coverage and beyond. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Follow me at the Real 11 Mac. Follow Ross at Ross Reed. Remember, the audio-only versions of our show are on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. Like, subscribe. Tell a friend or two. Good evening, Ross. How you doing? Good evening. How you doing? Hope everybody's Thanksgiving was uh, happy and and fun and healthy and full filling. I'm still in a caloric deficit from the last couple of days, trying to catch up from last week. I'm sure. I'm trying to figure out who you look like with your your glasses hat and, <laughs> and black combo. Give me give me the give me about an hour and I'll get back to you. There you go. I'm like a like a rapper from Rockus or something like that from back in there the you go. early 2000s. Maybe like a rap, maybe yeah, or a rapper I've never heard of from the rap caviar that uh, Spotify pushed <laughs> on me with all the rap stuff. Uh, a lot to get to on the show today, as we'll be bears heavy for the first half of the show. Um, yes, happy bye week indeed, Joe. Welcome to the show. Remember, you can chime in on the comments as we uh dissect everything uh, bears over the last couple of weeks. We missed the Thanksgiving edition, uh, pre Thanksgiving edition, and that um Detroit de- debacle. But whoo, bears getting a win in the division. We'll talk about that. Uh, an ugly one against Minnesota. We'll talk about the future of Justin Fields, the future of Jalen Johnson, everything you want to get into. Uh, please. Comment if you have questions and all that good stuff. We'll talk about the NFL. Eagles on a tear right now. Uh, the rest of the NFL. Aaron Rodgers making this this comeback. You know, eighty days after tearing his Achilles, he's uh, he's smoking something, man. <laughs> and we'll talk about our Spotify unwraps and then the NBA in season tournament surprises along the way as usual. Um, yeah, Ross, no no political fights or anything during Thanksgiving. Were you highly medicated? Were you feeling good? There's no 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 political fights in my house. None of that. Um, it was nice and, and, and chill. It was also, you know, my son was born on Thanksgiving seven years ago, so his birthday fell on Black Friday this year. So it was it was a lot of that, to be honest with you, in in conjunction with the food, like deep fried a turkey two years in a row, a little prime rib action. You know, it was all in all, it was good. How about you guys? That's great. Uh, I man, I say it every year. I've never had a deep fried turkey. I want to get in on that. Yeah. Uh, our Thanksgiving was was phenomenal. Very good stuff. Always too much food. The turkey was quite good. My brother tried to smoke some turkey legs that were like straight out of the Renaissance Fair. That was dope. Aldo's in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, uh, Aldo, the Godfather over here. Um, you know the usual, the, the great stuff. Made some bacon wrapped dates and all, all the wine. 
and all the itis, right? Yep, absolutely. Run that shit off the next day. Yeah, and then yeah. it's like you get tired of the Thanksgiving food, which means like you order like a pizza or burgers on the weekend. It's just, I it was just the slope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a, it's been a lot of working out this week, and and back to the back to the basics as Christmas is around the corner, and we we jump back into it. That's right, sir. Christmas is around the corner. We are almost in December. Uh, but let's talk Bears as we have a long layoff until their next outing on December 10th. How about it? Long bye week for the Bears. Um, and most recently coming off, you know, going into that game against Minnesota, it was 12 um, games, where, divisional games, where they had not gotten a win yet, which is just uh, absurd. And finally breaking that streak against Minnesota. And I'll be the first to tell you, I turned it off after that Justin Fields fumble with like three minutes to go when he just got a shot. And I was like, this sucks. Let's just, just end it. Even if they win, I don't care. This has just been dog shit. Not a touchdown in the game, as Ross pointed out on Twitter. Um, two bad offenses. Obviously, one without their all-pro quarterback, uh, you know, an MVP candidate quarterback and Kirk Cousins. Um, that, that offense, you know, without Justin Je Jefferson and without Kirk Cousins throwing to TJ Hawkinson, even though he got a, a touchdown to put them ahead late in the game, um, not ultimately, you know, sealing that out, but the bears offense, you know, wasn't really making the headlines. It was all about the, the defense, obviously forcing four turnovers and Jalen Johnson, just looking like a shutdown corner, um, with his future with the bears kind of up in the air, certainly. Um, vying to get a long-term contract extension but you know leading with of course the big headline uh we'll talk about the aftermath in in a bit here and what over these last five games what the expectation is but Justin Fields obviously uh under the microscope and you know you you expect him to be even more so um when his future when he's uh, you know up his future is is certainly in doubt as as a Chicago Bears quarterback, even though he played pretty well. You know, we, they they had some good plays on the ground for Justin, running for almost sixty yards. He made some big pass plays when it counted, but those turnovers were brutal from him, uh, as you could see, just very up and down. You know, and we, you know, the big question, of course, too, is that pocket presence with Justin. Can he deliver the football from the pocket? Is he not just a runner? Um, it was one of those all over the place games for Justin Fields, although I know a lot of people will point a lot of pro Justin Fields folks will point to between that game and Detroit, just a lot of touchdowns, a lot of just big plays putting them in the game. And certainly the Detroit game, if you go all the way back to that, was not his fault. The defense completely laid an egg at the end there. Um, but, you know, looking at that Justin Fields performance. Uh, against Minnesota, what, what did you think? What were your impressions walking away from that, Ross? Provided you you watched the full game, like I did not. Yeah, I mean, what you saw, you know, specifically in the offense was, you know, again, just a very limited offense, and it, it's tough to tell right now. It was, it's kind of a chicken or the egg situation because you don't know if it's Justin as a quarterback, you don't know if it's Luke Getze as an offensive play caller, you don't know if it's Matt Everflus, who's a defensive coach. So he's telling his, his quarterback and his offensive play caller to be as conservative as possible, or it's most likely the most logical choice is a combination of all three, right? And 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 so you know, he didn't play poorly on, on Monday night. You know, the two fumbles are something that he can't, that can't happen. He's got 35 fumbles so far in his NFL career. That just cannot happen. Um, but he, 
you know, he, he, they were not pushing the football down the field. I tweeted out multiple times. This is the second game now against the Vikings this year where Brian Flores has completely just psyched out Luke Getzey and Justin Fields in, in their offensive game plan. And, and, you know, anytime you see six, seven guys coming at you on a blitz, you know there's going to be one-on-one coverage on the outside. You know you've got guys like DJ Moore and, you know, Darnell Mooney and Tyler Scott who should be able to get free on some inside dig routes and some slant routes, and the Bears just refuse to run it. There's at one point after Justin's like 17th or 18th passing attempt, they're averaging they're averaging 0.8 yards, you know, past the line of scrimmage in their passing, which means that he was throwing the football not even one yard, you know, past the line of scrimmage. Everything was screens and 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 you know behind the line of scrimmage, and that's just flat out embarrassing as a team as an NFL team in 2023, there are high school offenses that will still push the football downfield 15, 20 yards. I think a lot of it's on Lugazi, but I think also they don't have to trust in Justin to be able to, to, to make these plays. He's not been a very good quarterback in his NFL career, uh, throwing the ball towards the middle of the field. In his defense, I do think that he is a very good big game hunter. I think that he's the kind of guy that wants to take those deep shots down the field. And I do think that he's struggling uh, because he's not able to do that. And so there's got to be some give and take here. And unfortunately, you know, I, I think that this cohesion over the last couple of years of Fields and Getsy and Eberflus just it, it, it hasn't fit. It, you know, it's like a bad cocktail. You just It's like one of those four horsemen drinks where you're just throwing in random shots with the vodka, with the rum, with the with the, the gin and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's not working. And, you know, you look at his season so far and, you know, you say you start looking at the numbers and you're like, OK, he's at 64 percent completion percentage. Um, but, you know, he's got still six you know interceptions on, you know, on not that many pass attempts. And a number that sticks out to me which is the adjusted yards gained per pass attempt. And it's only at seven yards. And that's just not going to get it done, especially when you look at some of the big boys in the league that are all, you know, over 10 yards. They're not trusting him to push the football downfield. He's not able to do it as well. And so, unfortunately, even though it's a win and we're happy we got a win as Bears fans, we go into the bye with the W, it still kind of leaves a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth, in particular on offense. Uh, it certainly does. And when you're, especially when you get this opportunity time and time again, when Josh Dobbs on the other side looked terrible, like he had gambled against himself, turning the ball over four times. Uh, Justin Fields certainly had a better outing than uh, Josh Dobbs on the day, I, sh- I should say. Um, but it, it was a pedestrian stat line. He looked more like he was able to manage the game. Obviously, he's making those plays with the, his feet are still those headline plays, obviously that big play to DJ Moore um, to, to for to eventually kick the go ahead winning field goal was huge. And, and you got to make that throw. Um, that, that was a gimme. If that's the throw of the game, it, it's tough to just go by that as far as uh, you know, Justin Fields best throw of the game. Going back to your, your comments about coaching. It's, I, I agree with everybody in the comments. It, this experiment with Luke Getzey and Aberflus just needs to end after this season because it's, it, it just lacks any sort of creativity, ingenuity. When you look around the league and you look at the talent pool, like the, this Bears offense was was revamped. I know that the offensive line has been in flux. The right side has got a little more consistency. Again, I love that Jenkins and Darnell Wright combo. Um, but you're you're lacking some some blindside protection protection perhaps to Justin Fields 
a really good bookend left tackle. But despite that, you have all these weapons. It, it just doesn't make a ton of sense repeatedly. If the Bears, you know, and we say this every week, you know, Averflu should have been fired after that Detroit game, right? That was a huge collapse. Mm-hmm. He should have been it should have been fired if they lost against Minnesota. But this is just the ownership loyalty to coaches. So it's just not even worth discussing at this point. But at the end of the season, when you look at the wins and losses and you look at, at this, uh, you know, resume as a Bears head coach, the blame has to fall on Aberflus and, and Luke Getze because you've stunted Justin Fields' development. I know we've seen those flashes. Um, and, and there's a part of me that just wants him gone. But also, you know, when are you going to get some consistency? You kind of have to reset. It's it's not on par with drafting a quarterback first overall and starting with Caleb Williams starting all over again. But you still have – you're basically sacrificing another year perhaps to field getting chemistry with this other quarterback. So that leads to the question too, Ross, is, is still I feel like even after that game, another just atrocious performance by the Bears in prime time – you're still sold on Justin Fields staying or going? What's the best route for the Bears? You know what? It is completely dependent on where that Carolina pick shakes out. You know, right now, you know, the Bears have, I believe it's an over 90% uh, opportunity to get one of the first two overall picks in the draft. And I think if it, if that stays to form, um, I, I actually do think that, you know, they, they will press the reset button on the quarterback situation. I don't think that's an indictment completely on Justin Fields. We just know in the NFL, one of the most valuable things to have is the quarterback on the rookie scale, right? And so there's a lot of moving parts with this situation. Let's say you want to fire Matt Eberflus, which I am completely in agreement with. I think that he should be gone, fire the whole uh, coaching staff. You're not going to get a guy like Ryan has here, like Ben Johnson, to come and agree to coach your football team with a quarterback who's not either on a rookie deal or he's not um, locked up long term. Because everybody's talking about, you know, Matt Everfuse being a lame duck head coach and an offensive coordinator of, of a good stature won't come in and sign up with a with a with a lame duck head coach. The same could be said for a quarterback. Justin, you know, the jury's still out on that fifth year option. That's not cheap money. And so it's going to be tough for a guy to bet like Ben Johnson to pass up like the Chargers job might be open. Hell, even though the Panthers are a disaster, Bryce Young is still on a rookie deal. There's going to be a lot of jobs opening up in the NFL um, and he's going to have his pick of the litter. And so, you know, that's going to be tough, you know, for Justin. I tweeted this the other day, as much as I love Justin, name one quarterback that you know that is on a rookie deal that has gotten three head coaches in his career. Right. Whether it's his fault or not, it just doesn't happen. It's never happened. It's not going to happen. If Ryan Poles is to clean house with his coaching staff and the Bears get a top two pick. Unfortunately, I do think for Justin Fields, that also means that Drake May or Caleb Williams will be coming on board. Now, we could still see Matt Eberflus keep his job. What the Bears right now are four and eight. You know, it's very, very realistic that the Bears could win two, even three more football games. That gets them to six wins. That gets them to seven wins. Then all of a sudden, Matt Everflew says, listen, I've got this defense playing better. Uh, we rallied we rallied the ship a little bit, right? We've been playing better since we started off the season, the first quarter of the season, complete disaster. And then I think if Matt Everflew stays, I think the um, the casualty would be a guy like Luke Getze. And I actually think Justin was safe because I don't think that you want to draft a quarterback 
and then pair him with a lame duck head coach. That's something that they've done already with Mitch Trubisky and currently with this situation with Justin Fields. So you get a clean house and get a top two pick and you go brand new head coach, brand new quarterback, or you potentially keep your head coach, new offensive coordinator, a guy like Eric Bieniemy is, is, is going to be out there. Maybe you can overpay for a guy like Kellen Moore after uh, Brandon Staley gets fired. And then you keep Justin Fields and you build around that. It's it's they they both sound not so great, but what's the lesser of two evils, you know? They don't sound too great, especially again, like it's very apparent in the comments how the average Bears fan feels about Matt Aberflus. Um, but the organization, if you do turn it around, uh, and uh, Cliff, you know, pointed out also, it's kind of you know with all the injuries and and whatever circumstances there were, you give him a pass for year one, perhaps, but. You know, the fact remains is lost these very close games and they they could come down to coaching rather than player performance. So who is is going to stay and who goes is a very important question, more so than how many wins the Bears are going to rack up over these last five games of the season when um, it's not a very tough schedule. I mean, the Lions, of course, are going to be tough, but then you go at the Browns, then you host the Cardinals, the Falcons, and then the Packers to end the season. Um Obviously, you know, probably going to be a loss there. But, you know, to your point about resetting and, and getting all these weapons to that end, if you keep Aberflus and you keep Justin Fields, you could tool, you could do a lot with what Ryan Poles has, has uh, got together, lined up in this draft. Marvin Harrison being floated out there, floated out there is, is super important. But also, you know, getting protection for Justin Fields and building depth on that offensive line in the top five pick there. Um, so what, whatever you want to do, it's, it's like you said, Ross is very dependent on, um, you know, what the bears organization wants to do going forward is dependent on if they retain that number one overall pick. It's, it's funny. I saw that the Carolina is like not mathematically, uh, eliminated from hosting a playoff game that they're, they, they might as well be, they don't pass the eye test, but, um, anything could happen at this point. Yeah. And, you know, going back to, to that point on Justin, Yes. We can make excuses for Justin. I can give him a pass for his first year and stuff like that. But a general manager is going to look at this logically and most importantly from an economical standpoint and say, look, the fifth-year option for Justin Fields is about $29 million. And then if you want to sign him to a long-term deal, you know, listen, the bar is set at like Daniel Jones. He got $40 million a year. You know what I'm saying? And, And so these are realistic numbers that are coming up sooner than later are you willing to commit $30 million a year to Justin Fields right now on a fifth-year option and not even have him signed up long-term? Or are you willing to give him an extension sooner than later at $40 million a year? Or would you rather reset the entire market and bring in a Caleb Williams or a Drake May? These are the difficult decisions that Ryan Poles is going to have to make over the next couple of weeks. Has Justin Fields justified enough, whether it's his fault or not, to get $30 million a year on a fifth-year fifth option or $40 million a year on a contract extension where Caleb Williams is going to come in dirt cheap or Drake May is going to come in dirt cheap, and you also get your brand-new head coach and reset the entire situation. Yeah. Well, we've talked about the offense at length. Uh, you know, Touching on the defense, they certainly showed out against Minnesota, albeit playing against Josh Dobbs, who just wanted to give the ball away like it was his job. But we saw – 
taste of Montez sweat. We saw some interceptions. It, it was, uh, you know, everybody got involved. DJ Edwards, tip drills, Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson could have had two in that game. Jalen Johnson, you know, leading the, the defensive discussion, obviously playing for a big-time contract. It looks like he's going to go to the Pro Bowl. He could be just an, an all-pro right now, the way he has been playing recently, just blanketing receivers. Um and, I mean, obviously not playing against Justin Jefferson, but he still feasted against that uh, Minnesota offense. But the way this defense is constructed, you think about that as well. Um, and, again, against an impotent Minnesota offense, but, you know, you got to beat who's in front of you there. TJ Edwards is such a great signing. We talk about, you know, what a great addition he was in free agency in this last offseason. And you got to have some positivity about this secondary with Brisker, um, and Kyler Gordon and Jalen Johnson, if they can keep them together and, and maybe Eddie Jackson in there, I don't know what you do with, he has obviously this long, uh, this big contract that he is, um, you know, entitled to at this point and the defensive line, just that Montez sweat, uh, you know, addition seems to do wonders for the bears. You know, when he's in the lineup, at least taking attention off him, commanding double teams, what have you. Uh, but it was a great performance from that defense. You know, do you think they'll be able to carry it over? You know, it, obviously it's a long bye week here, but carry it over into Detroit in these next several games. We're going to see a little more of that or more of the, the defense of the past, you know, dozen games where they're just giving games away in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's, 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 we have to see because it could be a little bit of fool's goal. The defense has played better. I think a lot of that has to do with them getting healthy. I think also a lot of that has to do with Montez Sweat as an addition, and he's um, really been a disruptor on the pass rush. Um, but a big part of it is when I say fool's goal, they, they, there's been some bum slayers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you play the Carolina Panthers on your schedule and your defense is going to look a little better. And yes, Jared Goff had a, pretty shit game for, for most of that game, but they didn't finish the job and, and they got beat in that fourth quarter. And then you also, you know, you look at the, the Vikings yesterday that was, uh, or on Monday night, excuse me. And that was their best performance statistically of the season. They were actually plus 10, 19 in expected points. Um, you know, before that, their best, uh, th their best performance was actually the Vikings game that they lost earlier in the season as well. But that was a lot of Josh Dobbs basically turning back into a pumpkin. And I think a lot of people forgot because the Josh Dobbs story was fun. This is his fifth NFL team. This is his fifth NFL team. This guy is a right. He's a career backup guy. Doesn't really still know the entire offense. They're missing, like you said, their best offensive player in, in, in Justin Jefferson. So I'd be curious to see what the Bears look like coming out of this bye week. Um, you get the Lions at home, and then after that. Listen, there's some very winnable football games to, to to finish out this year. You go to Cleveland. We don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be like. It looks like Joe Flacco is going to start for them this week because um, DTR has a concussion. Kyler Murray comes to town. The Cardinals, they've been dreadful. The Falcons have been pretty rough on, on, on offense as well. You get a home game, then you finish off the season uh, against Green Bay. That Lions game, to me, is going to be a big, big barometer of where – uh, a lot of this is going for the rest of the year and into the offseason because Matt Everflus really needs his defense to show up again against Gerald Goff at home but finish the job. I think they're still very much in play that Everflus is able to keep his job. I think if the Bears win two to three more games at the end of this year, 
he's able to keep his job. And I also think Justin Fields will be the quarterback of the Bears next year. And they'll just build around all of them. But if this thing continues to flame out and they, they get their butts kicked against the Lions and they get their butts kicked against the Packers and let's say they lose one of those Browns or games, something like that, the Cardinals games, we're going to press the reset button here. Mm. I think there's a scenario where you lose Aberflus and you keep Justin Fields. I, I think mm. because you you have certainly seen the highlights and maybe they don't outweigh these these lowlights, these bad you know, fumbles and turnovers that he's had. But as folks have been pointing out in the comments and, and we hear about repeatedly, he is showing growth. And if you do stockpile talent around him, he certainly showed you in Ohio State, you put a Marvin Harrison Jr. If you get uh, one of these top, you know, offensive linemen to protect him and just have some depth there and consistency with these receivers. If you keep DJ Moore, then, you know, you may not necessarily need a Marvin Harrison Jr. Get protection, give him time. Um, and I think, you know, good tutelage under an offensive coordinator, then you could turn it around, right? Uh, there's that potential. You know, again, going back to the, the defense and the rest of this this outlook, uh, you know, I'm with you. They, they played a dud Minnesota team, and and the Lions, um, you know, did not they, – they took that comfort behind win to to go ahead and win that game in, in just crazy fashion as it was. It was the worst, worst loss of Aberflus's career. You could put it up there, at least in the, at least on the Mount Rushmore. Um, but then it, it does get a, a bit easier with the Browns, the Cardinals, Falcons, like we mentioned uh, the defense. I, I I'm wondering now, Ross, you know, what, what you can do with Jalen Johnson. He's played like you have to pay the guy and, and corners like this. It's very hard to come by uh, and the bears with the cap space to do it. You know, I, I would, if I, I if I'm a betting man, I would pay this guy, right? 100%. I think you have to. I, I, you have the cap space. You have the money. You have a need. Um, you got guys like like Tyreek Stevenson and Terrell Smith who are very young football players that are playing well. I think you have to keep a guy like like Jalen Johnson. I'd pay him 18 to $20 million a year. I know a lot of people are like, well, he's not worth that money right now. Who cares? Who else are you paying on this football team that is premier top talent that you're going to give that money to? And I hate when people bring up the contract averages, like those things don't change two or three years later. What's right. top five money today at a position is not going to be top five money two to three years from now. I 100% would pay him. I don't even want to use the tag on him because that eats into your to your cap space a little bit more. Overinflate that contract, give him the signing bonus, let the averages work out the way they're supposed to and give him that money and go out there and go get another pass rusher. Regardless of what the Bears do at the quarterback position this year, the biggest thing I want them to do is spend money in free agency with their own guys and other free agents on the defensive side of the football and then go heavy in the draft on the offensive side of the football. Regardless of what they do in the first round this year, they need to pick two offensive players in the first round. I'm a big fan of if you are keeping Justin Fields, you need to walk away from this situation um, with with Marvin Harrison Jr., obviously, and Bowers, the U tight end from, from Georgia. Because if you do want to keep Justin and we are saying double down, then you need to put the more weapons around him. I'm fine with Braxton Jones at the, uh, at the left tackle position. He's been awesome. But spend the money on the defensive side of the football. You would want them to draft Bowers in that first round? 100%. Oh, oh, wow. Look at who is the best, who's what quarterback and what quarterbacks in the league that are a little bit, but have the, are in the best situations that you can think of. To me, I have three, three names on my mind. Brock Purdy, 
Brock Purdy has got all the weapons in the world, right? Tua Tungvalova. Tua Tungvalova has all the weapons in the world around him. And Jalen Hurts. And I think Jalen Hurts is the big one. Jalen Hurts has receivers galore, tight ends, backs. To me, if you want to keep Justin and you want to mask his deficiencies, you need to put as much offensive talent around him as possible. I want receivers out there. Do you know right now who the Bears' fourth uh, leading receiver on their football team is? Well, the top's Pop quiz. Yeah. Jim was up there. Uh, Second's Komet. Komet's in there. Yep. In there. The third uh, one is your is your Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney, yeah, who had a terrible start. So fourth yep. is, yep. is is the fourth Equinemius St. Brown, or is it a running back? It is a running back. <laughs> it is Roshan Johnson, Roshan, who yeah. even missed time as with injury. So you have your third string running back who has been injured through the season. He is your fourth best offensive weapon on the football field. That cannot happen. Stack your offensive weapons. We've talked about this last year, and I feel like a broken record again. Get top-end premier talent. I look at the Dolphins, and they have Tyreek Hill, who should be in the MVP conversation. And they got Jalen Waddell, and they got Raheem Mostert, and they just have receivers and backs and tight ends galore. And you look at the 49ers, the same thing, and, and Jalen Hurts finds four different guys to throw to. Devontae Smith could be a number one receiver on any football team, and he's number two because they got A.J. Brown. And then they still have a, a Pro Bowl tight end. Put – quality top end talent if that's what you're going to do and keep Justin Fields around him. Well, and you got to address the uh, the offensive line for sure. At least get that bookend left tackle uh or, you know, boost the interior a bit a little bit, have some the depth. Interior, the interior, the center. Yeah, like we've talked about Lucas Patrick is playing his last snaps and and yeah, that it starts with that center position perhaps and left tackle, but it's it's that combination where you know that they're going to address that in free agency. And certainly go into the draft thinking they, they got to hit big. If they got Justin Fields, if they keep Justin Fields and not going the quarterback route, then just stockpile those skill position players. And and I think, you know, to that point, Ross, you know, it becomes more appealing for free agency. They're like, hey, I can I see what Justin Fields does. It's the same thing with DJ Moore. He was psyched to play with Justin Fields. Um, and Cole Komet and these guys who are currently on this offense, like, hey, like this is this is a pretty athletic quarterback who also has the potential to grow into a good pocket passer and just be a really complete quarterback who can be mentioned with those greats. So you hope we see that, that uh, growth here. I mean, they have yeah. this long layoff now and five games left to, you know, continue to, to be bad. I know people are like, let's see some improvement, but let's not win games. So you want a little bit of both, right? Yeah. And, and what I want to see, you know, specifically from Justin Fields, you know, 27 interceptions in his young career, 35 fumbles cut down on the turnovers. I need him to cut down on those turnovers. If you want to be a top-level quarterback in the, in the NFL, if you want to lead your team to the playoffs, if you want to lead your team to the Super Bowl, you cannot turn the football over, especially he always seems to have those back-breaking turnovers in the fourth quarter with the game on the line. Now, luckily on Monday, they were able to recover. He made some key throws, in particular DJ Moore down the field to ice that game. But we got to take care of the football going forward. I, I, I want to see those the rest of this season, those turnovers really get cut down from him. Yeah, if you're not going to wow with with passing yards uh, or, or you know or your feet, at least have a turnover free game. You know, you don't want to pull the old game manager uh, card there, but you know that's what you need from Justin Fields is to be more mistake free than anything. I was letting the cat out that was locked in here with me, by the way. Uh, 
whose whose name is Puppy, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Ross, any parting thoughts into this bye week as, as we wrap up the Bears segment of Matt and Reed? No, I will just say that, you know, we've got a handful of games left this year and um, it's been a, a mostly down season for the Bears, but I think they still have an opportunity uh, to right the ship and it's going to be interesting. It's already very polarizing right now with this fan base, uh, you know, because a lot of people want them to tank. A lot of people want them to get the draft position, but that isn't always necessarily the best thing. I do think that that win on Monday was important for your young guys on your football team. I think you've got a lot of young guys, in particular on the defense. They played their asses off. I think that was an important win, and I think that you can continue to build upon these things. So um, I don't. I, I'm not going to be the person that says go tank. Let the Carolina Panthers do that. Let them go uh, tank and 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 let them get there. If the Bears got the six or seven wins, I'm all in for that. Yeah, they'll control that number one pick and likely stay there if you can rattle off some wins and have some better performances and, and build confidence with Justin Fields. And we see what we get from TJ Edwards and Jalen Johnson and the rest of this defense if they played like they did against Minnesota. That's the confidence building. I think it was uh, Eddie Jackson or, or one of the defensive players saying that that winning is contagious. Uh, it might have been Jalen Johnson, but uh, it it certainly is when when you start to get on a roll like that. Now they they're they have this very late bye week with these other five teams, and they'll get some much needed rest after a, a a tough slog. You know, going four and eight here. So as we transition to the NFL, uh, like I mentioned, if you've been watching the Eagles, they have just been on a tear. They have been so fun to watch, improving to ten and one. Most recently. Um, and, and again, a crazy game against the Bills where they pulled it out with the Jalen Hurts walk-off touchdown run. That was so much fun. It was uh, it was a good week. You know, you it, obviously you're watching Thanksgiving football. Those games are, are kind of, you know, hit or miss, I would say. But, uh, you know, the Eagles and the 49ers are making the headlines for the NFC and then the a AFC. Not too much movement, I, I would say, at this point. You know, the, the Dolphins went back to form playing a sub-500 team in the Jets dropping 34 on them. And then, you know, we're seeing Steelers making a big push late in the season here to uh, perhaps win that division. Jaguars eking out a win against CJ Stroud and company. They definitely needed that to improve to eight and three. They're, they're still vying for maybe that um, one, two spot in the AFC at this point. Uh, Brown's just like, you know, without Deshaun Watson or a competent quarterback, you, you feel like they're kind of doomed. Chiefs just continue to roll, you know, beating the, the Raiders in a divisional game. They improved to eight and three. That was a tough loss for the Bills and sent them to 500. When they're in, you know, their future in the playoffs is pretty in doubt now. And, and your Ravens, I know you love this team a lot. That defense really shut down Justin Herbert, man. That was as impressive as you will see. Uh, Zay Flowers, you know, caught a touchdown, ran for one. They got a, a great young rookie there. Even without, you know, it's a big hit to lose your tight end and Mark Andrews, but. Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, is, is certainly and going back to, you know, J.K. Dobbins. Now you have Gus Johnson. You pull, you know, Mitchell off the shelf, and, and he's a great addition to that backfield. They're just doing it with defense, winning games with defense, and running the football, which is just super impressive right now. Uh, do you have any huge takeaways from this past week in the NFL? I think I'll start with the last Thursday with the last Thursday game, um, that early morning game. You know, as much as we hate to say it, the Packers were impressive, and and for them to come away with that win, 
was was really impressive. They're five and six right now. A lot of people said Jordan Love stinks and Matt LaFleur is going to get fired and yada, yada. Listen, those guys are fighting for a playoff spot right now. And uh, they're, they're still in the mix there as, as a seven seed. And the Lions are looking like some real uh, pretenders, in my opinion, mostly because their defense is very shaky. You know, the Bears were able to put some points on them. The Packers put 29 points on them. And Jared Goff, I mean, do you really trust Jared Goff in, in big spots in, in the playoffs and, and potentially a Super Bowl? He's showing you what he, he could do before. Bill Belichick just completely pants him in a Super Bowl one year. So the, pack, the Packers really stood out to me uh, because that was a big win. You talked about the Ravens. I, I love this Ravens team, like you said, for them to go on the road. And, uh, you know, the Chargers have been struggling this year, but that was just a very complete win for them. Um, I think Lamar Jackson is playing at an MVP level. I love their running game. They got this kid, Keaton Mitchell, that is, just keeps being able to churn out yards. Um, you know, right. the Mark Andrews injury is a big hit for them. Um, but, you know, they got a guy like Isaiah Likely is going to be able to stand in there and, and still get some reps. Their defense is playing absolutely awesome. And then the Eagles are just the best team in football right now. You know, and and how cool and calm Jalen Hurts was in that situation I, you knew when when Josh Allen missed that throw to Gabe Davis in the in the overtime that could have won the football game in the end zone. I just knew Jalen Hurts was going to go down and get the touchdown and win the football game. I mean, that's exactly what he did. And he used his legs, um, and he was able to do it. I thought it was great coaching. I thought you know, uh, great uh, offensive scheme by Nick Sirianni and offensive coordinator, uh, you know, Brian Johnson. Hint, hint, Brian Johnson. Another head coaching uh, candidate, potentially, if the Bears decide to make a move. He's been uh, the right-hand man next to Jalen Hurts for the last couple of years now. Um, that was just a, a very impressive win to them for them. And I think Jalen Hurts now is in the driver's seat for MVP. I actually think that he probably he might have locked up that award on Sunday, the way he took down the Bills. Um, and then going from there, like there's there's a lot of jockeying at the top right now for that that first overall pick for the worst team in the league. Panthers, again, lose another game. They give up two touchdowns. Derrick Henry, they only put up 10 points. Their offense is just abysmal. They fired Frank Wright. They fired um, um, uh, Josh McCown and, uh, and and all those, oh, you know, no. uh, yep, and Deuce Staley is gone. So, you know, they're, they're, they're just a complete disaster right now. But then look at the Patriots. Patriots only put up seven points. Mac Jones is terrible again. He gets benched. Bailey Zappi stinks too. How you win a, let the, the Giants led by, uh, I almost called him Danny DeVito. By Tommy DeVito beat you is, is, <laughs> is absolutely absurd. And the Cardinals stink too. The Cardinals are just not a good football team. And, and you know, Kyler Murray had a little bit of a spark when he came back that first game, but they've looked awful ever since. They got destroyed by the Rams. 37 to 14. Matthew Stafford, who I thought was pretty close to being out the league here in a couple uh in a couple weeks, um, he throws for four touchdowns. And, and so, you know, those three teams, I don't know if they win a game the rest of the year. You know, I don't know if the Panthers, Patriots, and Cardinals win a game in the rest of the year. As a Bears fan, you hope the Panthers lose out, but we've seen this before, whether it's with the Raiders or this year or other teams, there's always that fired coach bump right where, where the team gets fired up the next week and then they win a key football game you hope that doesn't happen you hope that doesn't happen this week because the panthers um we we need them to keep losing uh and and i don't think the patriots are gonna win a football game coming up anytime soon their quarterback situation is an absolute disaster panthers have the buccaneers this week 
Oh, well, well, it seems like another loss if you, you were to bet on it right now. keep Hold on to that one loss if you're Carolina. Come on. But uh, Arizona, yeah, it's pretty dismal for them. It's, yeah, it's unfortunate with New England now. It looks like, you know, they're jockeying for the top five position to draft their quarterback of the, of the future right now when Mac Jones just got benched, like you mentioned. I mean, mm-hmm. if they're looking at Drake May. And then now, you know, you really have to point the finger at Bill Belichick, obviously, at this point. Um, and I know that the big debate when Tom Brady was in the league and tied to Bill Belichick was who was better. And I think that, you know, of course, coaches can have a down year and still have a, a great resume. Um, and it doesn't take away from the the coaching tree of Bill Belichick who went on to, to do better things, bigger, better things. I feel like as a result of him, still a quality coach, you know, whether you like his, his antics or not. Um, but this might be that sign to just get, get the hell out of there, Bill Belichick and for uh, New England to really reset. Right. Um, my, my, my hot take heading into the season is I think Belichick is gone um, two teams I would keep an eye on. I, I, there's, a, there's a such thing. I always believe in new owner syndrome where a new owner comes into a situation and they're willing to do the craziest, wackiest thing ever and spend the absurd amount of money to do whatever. So I'm looking at the Washington Commanders and I'm looking at the uh, Carolina Panthers. And those are two teams that could potentially trade a pick for Bill Belichick and give him whatever salary he wants and give him full control of that situation and uh, and, and make them uh, make him their head coach. And the Patriots have Gerard Mayo sitting right there. Gerard Mayo is an awesome head coaching candidate. He's on their the defensive side, and uh, they will probably just hit the reset button with Mayo and uh, take a guy like Drake May as their quarterback. And also give love to a couple teams that I did not mention. Obviously, you know, Cowboys coming off that, just thumping of the commanders 45 to 10. They, they just do this. It's the same story as last year. They just can drop 40 on any given day. And if you go through, uh, you know, their, their home stadium, it just gets real tough to, to go through there in Dallas. Um, I can't tell if they're, you know, pretending again, or if they can go deep, if they can contend with the Eagles and the 49ers of the world, but you talk about weapons and, it seems like Dak Prescott, if he can stay healthy, can can take full advantage of those guys. And then don't look now. Here comes Russell Wilson and the Broncos, man. I like the way that they have adjusted. Um, the ugliest start you can certainly think of. It just looked like it car- had carried over and this offense was going to be just as bad as last year. But now they rattled off five wins, uh, you know, two of which to the Chiefs and the Bills. Uh, you know, the Chiefs, they beat quite soundly and then just coming off that last win against the Browns uh they're looking really good and and uh a lot of people will will talk about Russell Wilson you know picking up that team and and getting after it and and being a big reason why they are winning football games but like you you pointed out probably last show Ross Sean Payton um has made adjustments too it's a long season and now they're in a position to potentially make a playoff push and they'd be kind of dangerous as a you know, six or five seed or wherever they're slated to uh, fall out right now. Breaking news. Sean Payton can coach. He's, he's been a good coach. He's always been a good coach. He he proves it again. That goes to new owner syndrome. There was a new owner situation in Denver and what they do, they went to get, they got the biggest fish on the market and uh, it's paying dividends so far. So good for them. You know, that Dowboy, that Cowboys thing, I'm with you there. The Cowboys have yet to beat a team that is over 500 this season. And I'm not putting that on them. That's you beat whoever's on your schedule, but slay a dragon, prove it to me, right? Like show it to me. 
And they've got an opportunity tomorrow night, even though the Seahawks have not been great lately. The Seahawks are still a six and five football team right now. And uh, this is a great spot for, for the Cowboys tomorrow night to just go out there and completely spank this, the, the, the Seattle Seahawks and really show people that they're as good as the Philadelphia Eagles in that conference. Yeah, and then it's a, a tough stretch after that, playing the Eagles and the yep. Bills and then the Dolphins. Uh, the yep. Eagles, obviously, a huge Sunday night game. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes. The phrase of the day is, what would you say about coaching, new coaching syndrome? New owner syndrome. New owner syndrome. I'm sorry, about owners. New owner syndrome. I like yeah. that. That is the, uh, the phrase of the day here. New, look around. And in, in any sport, your new owner always wants to make a big splash we saw last year in the NBA, Matt Ishbia buys the Suns, and five minutes later, he trades with Kevin Durant. Like, like it happens every single time. The new owners are always going to want to make a big splash. Look out for Bill Belichick, potentially to the Panthers or the uh, Washington Commanders. Interesting. Uh, speaking of new ownership, you know we got to fall back to Chicago as we move on to the the hardwood in the NBA. Just sell the team already. This team is laughable. I just saw a picture of Jalen Brown uh, dunking on a, a very passive Levine, and I don't know who else was in the picture, but I just saw Levine just straight face, just looking real sad. Of course, being the main talk of uh, of the Bulls, making a push to trade him before the trade deadline and just putting that reset button because they're worst in defense, worst in offense, You know, getting blown up by 30 by Celtics just – unwatchable uh that's that's all i got on the bulls today but ross are you going to watch the in-season tournament uh this bracket has been set now let me check out the teams yeah there's uh eight teams <laughs> i forget the spanish thing here we got the knicks we got the bucks celtics and pacers and the suns and lakers and the pelicans healthy pelicans with zion baby not eating all the po boys and the kings Love the and, the Kings. and this There's is all it's good games i love back that this is all in in las vegas so they're all it's kind of a, a a tournament kind of bracket style all in one place i'm going to check it out i think it's going to be really cool i think there's going to be um a lot of buzz is going to bring a playoff atmosphere you see the teams that were jockeying to even get into this and they were you know the, the celtics yesterday were doing the hacker drumming to try and win by a certain amount of points uh, to be able to get into this. I think you're going to see a lot of celebrities sitting on the sidelines because it's going to be in Las Vegas, right? Which is, you know, who else, who who, who doesn't want to be in Las Vegas um, sure. for these kind of games? So I think it's going to be fun. I think it's a good, you know, people are always very get off my lawn with these kind of things and these gimmicks. It's it's in November heading into December. Who cares about the NBA, you know, right now? It's, it's, it's going to be fun. I'll check it out. You know, what else are we doing right now? I, I think it's a great addition to the season. And, and uh, yeah, I'm all in. And it's it's getting prepared for the inevitable, which is there will be an NBA team in Las Vegas, which in the next two to three years. Oh yeah, no question there. Uh, it is it adds a little more excite, excitement in the with the in season tournament, and obviously there's stakes for the players. There's going to be bonuses to be given out, and and uh, a little preview of what's to come, and building some bad blood perhaps for. Uh, these teams that could meet again in the, the playoffs at the end of the season. So I'm into it. It'll be quite the scene in Vegas. Uh, it's exciting stuff for us. To wrap up the show here, you know, it's the Spotify unwrapped time of year as we prepare to wrap gifts and, and such. And uh, I saw you had the your same top song is, has been the same for several years running. Reveal the song to the folks. 
It, it is Love Ballad by LTD. It's a, it's a very old soul record, 60s. My, you know, over the last couple of years, all my Spotify rap stuff, it really hasn't changed. It's been the same four or five artists at the top. It's been Nas. It's been Drake. It's been The Weeknd. It's been people like that. It's been Usher on the list. And then my songs, it's been a lot of LTD and Aretha Franklin and Earth, Wind and Fire. You're not going to see any little... Uzi, Lil Yachty, Lil whatever their names are, Sexy Red, Lotto. No, I spice. Not on my list. Not on my list. We play the hits from now on, and and we stick with uh, with Old Faithful. Yeah, I'm with you there. My although it, it was a big departure, I I feel like my playlist could be confused for uh, I don't know Cliffs or somebody out here. Just very classic rock heavy. Shout out Cliff. Um, not that you don't like the occasional hip hop cliff, but it was a lot of Beatles. It was, uh, but it was a lot of like Sly and the Family Stone thrown in there. Um, just like, I don't know. It's when I'm working, I have Spotify in the background. I feel like it's, it's my answer to the drive. So there's Pink Floyd and weird shit in the background, but mostly classic rock. Um, so it was very Beatles heavy. I'm trying to get my daughter into the Beatles too. She loves get by with a little help from my friends. So we were very, Beatles heavy in this household. And, uh, you know, it just, it was very down. It was surprising though, to see that big shift because it was a lot of like Trap Called Quest and Kendrick very dominated by, um, previous years kind of speaks this year in hip hop. I did listen to that rap caviar for 2023. I'm like, I don't fuck with any of this, man. I need a new Pusha T album. I knew need a new yeah. Freddie Gibbs album. Uh, the album, album last year that that was great, but I need I need something else, and it, it is not. Oh boy, Ross couldn't even get to talk about this on the note of music. Andre Three K's album, you can't fucking like you got to walk into a massage parlor and play me that. I cannot. I couldn't li- get through two minutes of any of those songs. So that was actually something that I did. I have played multiple times uh, while working. It is good background, kind of just soothing work music. It keeps me from. From going postal on somebody. <laughs> but yes, I'm with you. It is is you will be hearing that Andre 3000 album uh, in your local uh, non-existent Bed Bath and Beyond or <laughs> Massage Envy parlor very very Ooh, soon. Yeah, take them to the HM Day Spa and you hear that new Three Stacks baby. <laughs> uh, I don't understand. I mean, it's it's sad. I saw it, so much of the fallout. We're like, this is this is trash. Blah blah blah. Like he's this is what he's. This is the stage he he's at. He doesn't want to rap anymore. He just wants to make this type of music. Although he, you know, he came off the uh, uh, Killer Mike's album with a mm-hmm. great song. So, like, why can't we get more of that? It's just crazy. He did say yeah. I saw something about how he can't he can't rap as fast as he can with, with all the Outcast lyrics anymore. So that's a big reason he wouldn't come back and do that. As and we all speaking of, speaking of old music, and like you know, the cool thing is you can literally listen to every single Outcast album, and there's a lot of them. And listen to Speaker Box and Love Below, and and there's tons of content that they've made, and that stuff never ages, and I, you can never get tired of it. You can't tell me somebody's tired of listening to AT Aliens or Aquamanai. Yeah, I, I, I can listen to that once or twice a week. Yeah. Oh, no question. Classics, my friend. Uh, breaking news: Machine Gun Kelly has an offer on the table for half a million dollars for Travis Kelsey if he leaves the Chiefs to play for the Browns instead. What a dumb it. offer. <laughs> what a terrible offer. He, no he, he would get that in a fine or something. That's that's not going to get right. it done. 
That's <laughs> just god awful. Come on, man. Uh, what are the odds that uh, Aaron Rodgers comes back? Tore his Achilles 79 days ago. Sure. Robert Salah said, Salad says Rodgers Salad. has been cleared for functional football activity. I don't even know what that means. That means a lot of uh, light jogging and handing the football off, like the video we saw today. He's he's not coming Deep back. The hip I, as, thing like that. Yeah, no. as as somebody who tore his Achilles, and I Why wasn't even you? I wasn't even forty years old, right? He's he's not coming back. This is Aaron Rodgers' way of uh, keeping his name in the news because he he can't his his ego won't allow him to not see his name on the X timeline or on ESPN uh, every other week. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Just what is he smoking? It's crazy. And the Jets are bad, so you got that yeah, going. That's, so bad. that's right. Are you gonna go see Napoleon in theaters? No. <laughs> Why? No. You saw Colors of the Flower Moon. I know. You, I you know these these, these 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 historical, not really historical biopics. I, they don't just do it for me anymore. Every year they they they're like these old guy Oscar catnip movies, but it's not even historically accurate. I, I'll wait till it comes out on TV. I'm I'm good on that. I, I, the biopics sometimes, you know, I, I skipped Elvis last year. I, I, I'm good on these biopics of of old white guys that had this inferior, you know, inferiority complex back in the 1600s. I'll pass. <laughs> Napoleon complex. They got to talk about that. I wonder how tall Joaquin Phoenix is, though. He is like that. about probably five eight five nine. And true story. I don't know if they talk short about this movie or not, but Here's Napoleon, Napoleon wasn't actually that short. He, oh. he, wasn't, he was not five three, not five tall. four, like people thought. He was about five seven, five eight, which is about average height for a man. No shit. How about that yep. five six. That's that's what's said here. That's that's yep. still a short king. I mean, come on. <laughs> they had me thinking Napoleon was like five two or something. It, it yeah, you thought it was Danny DeVito size or something like that, right. you know. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here, Ross. We have uh, had a lot of fun tonight. Thanks for watching in on YouTube. If you've been watching the show, remember the audio only version will be on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts and shows. Like, subscribe, tell a friend or two. Uh, follow the Barroom Network, of course, at Barroom Network on Twitter. And follow me at The Real Evan Mac. Follow Ross at Ross Reed. We will be back same time next week. Everybody be good to each other out there. We say deuces. So long. Please.